please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. This is Justin, and with me today is a full house of Monorail co-host. Who are you? McKenna. And who are you? Samantha. And who are you? Garrett. Wrong. You're the birthday boy. Woo! 13! Yeah. Happy boy day. Happy birthday! Birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky number 13 for Mr. Garrett. So, how do you plan on spending your this next year? Are you going to make a lot of changes in your life? Nah. Do you feel different today than you did yesterday? Not really. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I keep saying that every year, and for some reason my age doesn't stop going up, but I feel the same, so. Yeah. So, when you hear this episode, this is episode number 11, and this is July 2nd, but we're recording a mere hours before the podcast goes live. This is July 1st yes. that we're actually doing this recording, and and this is the day that we annually celebrate the birth of Mr. Garrett. So, Garrett, well done. Way to be born. Good job. We do you did exist for a full year. That's right. <laughs> you made it. Another trip around the sun, as they say. Your birthday coincides with the birthday of a brand new land at Walt Disney World that opened this weekend. Do you know what that was? Toy Story Land? That's right. Toy Story Land <laughs> oh, is I, now... I didn't think it was on July 1st. No, it was June 30th. Oh, well, that's close. Yeah. You're very, you, you have a very close birthday with Toy Story Land. But it is now open, and it is... Crazy. It is. It looks so cool. Yeah, I'm really excited about Toy Story Land. And it looks really cool at night, too, with all the lights and everything. It looks really like it would be a really cool experience at nighttime. Yeah, I think it'd be better at night. Well, it'd be cooler for sure. Yeah. Right now, update our status. We still don't have fast passes for Slinky Dog, but I'm trying every day. Multiple yeah. times a day. We'll see. I'll get those and reservations at Beaches and Cream at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> in a magical, in another world, maybe. Hey. Another magical world. It worked out that I randomly got Flight of Passage Fast Passes, so it can happen. Yep. It, and I'm hoping that maybe as we get closer, people are going to be like, it's really crowded. I don't want to go to Hollywood Studios that day, and maybe they just delete their Fast Passes. Fast Passes. And then, <laughs> and then I can get them. I doubt it, but it's worth We're it. We're going to try. A shot. Well, for today, we're going to have kind of a quick first segment today because we've got a lot to get to. We're going to start by just touching on a couple little news items that we wanted to share. Um, our second part, of course, will be M34D, the, the return of Mr. Landon Doan. He He's was, returning. Yeah, he was a little upset that he was um, booted from last week's podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. Unceremoniously, he got kicked off the show, uh, but he'll be back this week. And then our last segment, we're going to focus on the planning a Walt Disney World vacation part two, which is going to focus on how long should you stay at Walt Disney World and what time of year should you go? Yep. So all that's going to be very fun. But because we have so much content, we're, we need to get moving with the news. 
So, Sam, why don't you read our first article to us? Well, the first article is about the Disney World app, the uh, My Disney Experience. They have added bus times to hotels for guests. Yeah, on the app, which is amazing. Yeah, so you can um, actually go on the app and it will update you on the times that the buses will arrive for pickup um, and uh, departing as well. Visitors can see the new feature by going on the app, tapping see bus times, and when viewing an active Disney World uh, hotel reservation tied to their accounts, they can actually see the buses then. So you have to have the hotel reservation. In the information that's updated in real time, it gives the estimates of the, when the bus will leave the hotel and when you should get to your destination, so when you'll get to the park um, or wherever you're going. It could be less wait times at the actual bus stops. So Yeah. This will be nice because I just keep thinking, well, now maybe I'll have to hear fewer people standing at the bus stop going, when is that bus going to get here? And yeah. <laughs> grumbling and complaining about that. Yeah. Just open your app. And you'll have that visibility as long as you are staying at a Walt Disney World Resort and have an active reservation. Yeah, I think that's really awesome. It will help with um, planning out when you need to get to places and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Seems yeah. like a resourceful thing to have Absolutely. while you're there. I like all this stuff. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Disney making everything a lot more, you know, kind of user-friendly user -friendly and, and transparent. Um, connecting everything through your My Disney Experience app. I just think all that's awesome. Well, and it really helps, especially whenever, you know, you don't have a lot of time and things like this just help even more. And they, they know that too. So it's awesome. That's right. I wanted to share a couple of things. So coinciding with the opening of Toy Story Land, Disney made a couple announcements of a couple of more things that are coming to the Hollywood Studios oh. in the near future. Mm -hmm. Have you guys heard of Star Wars? No, that's not what I, mean. <laughs> I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> Star Wars Land? <laughs> we already knew of that. No, this is a, another thing. So there used to be a, a stunt show that revolved around cars actually performing stunts in Hollywood Studios. And it okay. was called Lights, Motors, Actions. And that shut down a few years ago when they started planning and building the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Black Spire Outpost. Um, well, they announced that there will be a new car-based attraction coming to the park. It will be called Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy. Yes, nice. Yeah, so it's gonna. It's actually supposed to open early next year. McKenna and Garrett are not gonna stop saying "kachow, kachow." Yeah, and it's gonna be nice because they need they need more people eating kind of attractions at the studios. If if the opening of Toy Story Land has shown us anything, it's that. People need something to do so they're not standing in four or five hour lines or anything like that. Yeah. So uh, this will be pretty cool. And apparently it's going to be, the way I understand it, there's going to be a lot of high tech stuff going on in this show. And I I would imagine it's going to be like a animatronic kind of Lightning McQueen, like a autonomous. But I don't know. I can't say that for sure. But I bet you anything the cars are going to be like self-driving. That's cool. That'd be awesome. Be yeah. Talking to us. Yeah. Saying ka-chow, hopefully. Teaching us how to drive. It's also going to have Cruz Ramirez in the show. And Cruz nice. is cool. And Mater will be there as well. Yeah. So that'll be really cool. And then the other thing that they sh that they um, announced was they gave us a look at some preliminary artwork that kind of shows us what Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is going to look like. 
nice. in the studios. Apparently, the the whole conceit of the ride is that as you're standing in the queue uh, in the former great movie ride area, you're going to be watching old like Mickey cartoons. Mm-hmm. And then something magical is going to happen, and you're actually going to step through the screen and become part of the cartoon. Oh, wow. And, and you'll step onto this train. Goofy's going to be the driver, of course. <laughs> and it's going to be a crazy ride through the cartoon. And all the while, Mickey and Minnie are going to be, there's going to be all kinds of scenes that are going on around you. And it's, it's supposed to make you really feel like you're in the cartoon with them. That's cool. Yeah. So it's going to be really neat. Okay. Wait. So it's going to be, anim- like... It's going to be going to be 2D. It's going to be kind of a for what I understand there will be animatronics in it, but it's also going to be like a 3D kind of experience. It's going to be a little different than anything we've seen, I think. It's going to be kind of high techy. Mm. I I imagine it's going to be animatronics that look like the old ca- cartoons. Yeah. My only thing is is it supposed to be like walking into a classic cartoon? Well, have you seen the style that they've been drawing the new Mickey cartoons yeah, in? That's yeah. what that's the kind of the animation style they're going with. Okay. And the aesthetic they're going with for this ride. Yeah. Okay. I like that new style. Yeah, I think it's really cool too. It's kind of classic looking, but it's modern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what they um, added along with the opening the grand opening of the Toy Story Land. So both of those are, are pretty cool. I'm pretty excited about both of those things. Yeah. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah. The last thing I want to mention before we wrap this up was, um, along with all these other really cool announcements, there was this really short video that came out about these stunt robots. Oh my gosh, it was crazy. Yeah. So Grant Imahara, is that his name? From from Mythbusters? Yeah. I don't know exactly his name. I think that's right. But anyway, he's been working with Disney Imagineering for the last few years, and they've been developing these. It reminds me of iRobot, the robots yeah. that they've come up with. Yeah. And they're these. they're basically... Audio animatronic stuntmen. Yep. They're cool. That it can be autonomous. They can swing on these ropes and fly through the air and then land safely in these nets and stuff. It's it's crazy what they're doing. If you've watched the video, is it called, is it that, is the robot that we've seen where they like kick it and try to knock it over? It's like Atlas or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was the whole robot. Like that's a whole. I mean, that group. thing looks like a big chunky robot. These things are humanoid looking. Yeah. They, they look slender, like, like. Um, when they actually make them look like humans, they're going to be like tone like, yeah. in good physical. And they can put, um, costumes yeah. on them. They're going to look, they're going to look like humans. Right. That's going to be really weird. Yeah. And apparently they are developing for use in attractions and shows where basically they don't have to put humans at risk anymore. The, the only thing I was thinking when I was seeing this is like, what are stunt people thinking about this? Yeah. Cause that's their profession. That's their you job. <laughs> that's how they get paid. Like, these robots are going to take their jobs. But There's, um, robots are taking all of our jobs. There is a <laughs> new game out that is about humans getting very angry at robots stealing their jobs. Well, I think stunt people are going to be upset about this. We could have a whole Indiana Jones stunt spectacular with robots running around out there. That'd be crazy. That'd be really strange. <laughs> but you get a couple good things with robots. You Wait. get a consistent performance. You don't have to worry about insurance because nobody's getting hurt. Yeah. But if you got insurance on that robot and it breaks. Yeah. Yeah, it okay. could be like dancing and then all but, of a sudden sparks. So are they going to get people that can actually make human faces to like put the skin on these robots? Because if they look off, 
in an uncanny way, it's going to make people feel uncomfortable. Like, I, I hate it. Looking at something that looks human, but, it, like, there's something barely off about it. I can't do that. It messes with my brain. Well, these would I, be at such a distance, I think, that you wouldn't... You're not going to be close enough to tell. It's going to be like the animatronics we see today, like, on Pirates. They're going to look close enough, like... Or, like, Hall of Presidents. Think about yeah. it like that. You're sitting back... Hall of back. Presidents freaks me out a little bit. Well. I've seen... Uh, animatronics that just look human. There's nothing off about them. They look exactly human. Well, they weren't animatronics. They were model robots that you you can dis- you can like <clears throat> put in code to move their their, their expressions. But they don't look off at all. They just look human. Mm. I think the closer, like McKenna's saying, the closer they get to looking like absolutely real, the weirder it is because there is a little something. It's like something behind the eyes or something. You can a- tell there's no life there. Yeah. Yeah. You have to make the eyes look alive or else it's weird if you look at them. They smile yeah. at you, but they're not smiling with their eyes. Do teenagers' eyes look alive? It depends. No, on the well, teenager. only whenever they roll them at me. <laughs> it depends on the time of day. If it's before noon, probably not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that was it. If you guys want to see that video, go look it up. It's it's really cool. It's like a 40-second video and they yeah. just show they kind of show the progression of it started with like something that looked like a stick. Mm -hmm. That they were just trying to get to land appropriately. Then it developed into something that looked like a snake because it had like two joints that could move. And then all of a sudden it's like a robot, a human, our robot. Will Smith's terrified. (laughs) Pretty crazy. Yeah. So that's where we're headed. I love it. I love more technology in the parks. I love seeing the cutting edge stuff that they're doing. I think it's pretty crazy that Disney's involved in developing things that we don't have anywhere else in the world. Yep. So. Disney in space. Yep. <laughs> Disney's going to be in space, space Force. For, there, there'll be a there'll, there's going to be a Magic Kingdom in, on the moon. Yes, that was a Futurama episode. It yeah, was yeah. the Moon Amusement Park. Yeah, it'll be Disney. Nice. If anybody's going to build like a huge corporate, you know, entity's going to build anything on Mars or the Moon, I, I would put my money on Disney being first. Or Elon Musk. Yeah. Maybe together. <gasps> Ooh. Disney and Elon Musk together. That's like a dream. <laughs> So Elon's a little weird too. He's awesome. Launch a rocket hey, with make your I, head on it. I have one thing. One thing that I wanted to say because we need to wrap this one up. Um, it's Independence Day week, and Disney does special events, of course, in the parks for the Fourth of July. And one of the pointers that I learned as I was doing some research, and I saw this shared on Twitter, actually by Undercover Tourist, um, was that. They actually do July 4th fireworks in the Magic Kingdom on the 4th, but also on the 3rd. Oh, okay. So they do a very special firework display, like more fireworks than they do typically. So if you want to see that, you don't have to be there in the 4th where the crowds might be really insane. You can go there on the 3rd where it's just a little insane. Nice. Yeah. Go to go there and have fun, people. And they do special fireworks in Epcot. Like, there's all kinds of cool things. You could go to the American Pavilion in Epcot and yeah. go watch the American Adventure. That'd be cool. To celebrate the 4th. What are other good things to do on the 4th? Eat a giant turkey leg and go to the Hall of Presidents. (laughs) (laughs) Go to Liberty Square and eat there because they have, it's almost like a Thanksgiving meal you can have in the Liberty Square Tavern. Yeah, as much food as you possibly can. Yeah, just eat a lot. very American. And watch things explode. Yeah. And say, Murica. (laughs) And call it a day. All right. Well, I think we should wrap up segment one. Anything else you guys wanted to say before we send it off? No, I'm good. Okay. Peace out, homies. Murica. 
Happy 4th of July. And now on to M34D. gentlemen welcome back to monday morning monorail this is disney deep dive with the dawes and joining me today is none other than the dawes himself at l-a-n-d-o-z on twitter it's landon the dawes Don. landon welcome to the monorail hello 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 hello, hello. Oh, man. you needed to give me the opportunity to hit My some harmonies on that <laughs> I, I, i'm totally down for it. i you, you're talking to a choir boy sitting here in the flesh i was down for a two of them right here like like we're gonna get four-part harmony going on with two people don't ask us how we do it we are trained professionals we're gonna do it and today is we're gonna be talking about a topic that that for us we appreciate maybe more than some others and that is because we are talking about the dapper dan's a barbershop quartet that performs not only at Disneyland, but also in the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World and at Hong Kong Disneyland. And they've been doing so since 1971 in the Magic Kingdom Park. And they, my friends, are a treasure. Landon, Not to be confused with Dapper Dan from Oh Brother Where Art Thou. That's, that, that's a hair gel. That's right. That's something These different. guys are singers. There's four of them. Okay, so also, was Dapper Dan a villain in old Mickey cartoons? I, I feel like I have a memory of that. <laughs> And I could be totally wrong, but well, I, I, I don't I'm going to go look at the fax machine, aka Google. Yeah, um, I know Pete. I, I'm aware of Pete. Pete was a villain, um, but for some reason, I had this feeling that Dapper Dan was a well as well. But I, I maybe I'm just totally remembering that wrong. But I mean, I, maybe you just had a bad experience with a quartet in the park <laughs> because I'm not seeing anything okay. that says Dapper Dan right. was ever a villain. I, so, I Justin, why do you hate barbershop quartets? I don't. And and I actually, I have an appreciation for them because, let I've me tell you. I've been in a barbershop quartet. I've been in a barbershop quartet as well. And Man, look at us. We're a bunch of dorks. It takes, it takes some skill. And, you know, I'm not just trying to toot our own horns over here, but you've got to have a little also, bit of. Also, we don't have horns. No, we don't have horns. But you've got to have a little bit of natural talent. You've got to spend some time working on the craft because it it takes time, practice, effort in order to be as in tune, in harmony, and on point with your timing as you'll see that the Dapper Dan's in the Magic Kingdom Park are. So they These don't guys just are on their game. Yeah, they don't just step out and it just happens. Like it's something that they work at, you know. So when they perform. You're going to find them in, in several different places. So you, you're going to see them on Main Street. They usually cruise around all over Main Street. Um, that You can also find them on the horse-drawn trolley in the morning. And then you might even be serenaded by the Dapper Dans if you're getting a haircut over in the barbershop. Uh, they find their Is way it weird like that I've always wanted to get my hair cut at Disney like like that's that's one of those things that's been on my Disney bucket list for a while like ever since I found out I could get my hair cut there I kind of want to yeah I I don't think that's weird at all I actually think okay, you cool. ought to knock that out yeah 
then again, you do host a Disney podcast, so if you thought it was weird, <laughs> yeah, you're you're talking to you're probably talking to a, the the audience that that barbershop is meant for. So yeah, absolutely, yeah. everybody everybody says is like, no, that's absolutely not weird. Thank you guys, I appreciate your support. Okay, so as I typically tell you, if if you don't want any of the magic spoiled, you might want to skip ahead just a little bit because I'm going to reveal something right now that you may not want to hear. So I'm going to give you a second. Okay, here it is. So while it's a barbershop quartet, there are actually up to 12 singers at each park. That's probably not a huge surprise because these guys are out all day, every day, singing their little hearts out. And you can't imagine that that'd have to be some sort of an OSHA violation or something if it was just <laughs> four guys out in the heat in their pinstripe suits, you know, singing all day, every day. So, so of course, they've got some alternates and then, you know, they've got kind of 12 main ones and then some substitutes. What this does not only is it allows them to take shifts, but also multiple quartets could perform, you know, in different places. Or if they wanted to, they could have a larger ensemble as well. And I would imagine, like, if if you mix and match some of the twelve, you could probably get some different songs too. Yeah, exactly. You know, sometimes you want a heavier bass line. What's up, my exactly. basses out there? I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but see, like you're singing bass. Anybody can be a bass. It takes true talent to be a tenor. What's <laughs> up, my tenor ones? <laughs> yeah, we're getting all sorts of nerdy in this one, ladies and gentlemen. That's Strap awesome. In. And we're on both ends of the spectrum. I was always a bass too, so we've got the low and the high. We need the middle. Somebody needs exactly. To step in. Yeah, come on, no talents. <laughs> like, like, like I say, everybody can sing bass. Literally, anybody can sing tenor too. And, oh, <laughs> and wait, what's one. it called? Baritone. Baritone. <laughs> 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 and I'm, I'm getting all the choir dorks riled up. I'm probably, Bring it on, nerds. I'm probably a little more in that range these days. I think I've lost some of my low end. But, oh, uh, I've totally lost 10 or 1, but I'm still claiming <laughs> it. Um, you know, one of the things that I wanted to call out while we're talking about the Dapper Dans is that they have had several media appearances throughout the years that I'm wondering if, if you've seen a couple of these, Landon, because one thing that you're very out in the open about is that you're a huge Simpsons guy. And, yes, I am. And, oh my God, are, are we talking about that episode? There is an episode of The Simpsons where Homer's Homer starts a barbershop quartet, and, and uh, you know what the title of that episode is? Homer's Barbershop Quartet. Yeah, air date September thirtieth, Sharps, nineteen ninety three. It was the first episode of season five, and yeah, they were the singing voices of the of the B Sharps. There you go. So I mean, like, like I I love Dan Castellaneta, voice of Homer Simpson, but even listening to that, I'm like, that is no, no, that. That is not Homer. So, <laughs> so uh, I, though I will say, up until doing research for this episode, as huge as a Simpsons dork as I am, I had no idea that it was the Dapper Dan's yeah, the Dapper that Dan voiced himself. the B Sharps. That's, That's awesome. Right. That's pretty cool. Um, another appearance they had was on the Home Improvement sitcom, and uh, it was an episode entitled Adios, air date September 29th, 1998. And they appeared as the Flannels, of course they did, on Home Improvement. <laughs> Um, what were they, Al's backup band or something? God, that must have been a I, You know, I did watch Home Improvement, but I can't claim to remember this episode. Ah, so you truly did watch Home Improvement. I did. Because arr, nobody arr, can arr. remember any of those episodes. That's all I remember. I think the whole the whole time he was just barking at people. But uh, Yep, pretty much. Um, and then the last one that I had written down here, I don't know if you had anything else, but the last one I wanted to mention was they appeared in the movie The Haunted Mansion, released November 2003, as the singing busts so that stands out to me because that those in the movie the the singing busts are like a, they have a pretty big part um well relatively big part in that movie they they definitely catch your 
catch your attention. And <laughs> the part that I remember, I probably am in the minority about this, by the way. I'm going to I'm gonna admit something here on the Monday Morning Monorail podcast that might lose me some listeners, but I enjoy the Haunted Mansion movie. <laughs> boo! Boo this man! Boo! <laughs> I don't know what it is about it. It's one of those things. It's not, sh- sure, it's not an Oscar winner. It's not the most amazing thing of all time. But I the term you're looking for. It's not Citizen Kane. It's not Citizen Kane, but what I'll tell you this is, First of all, it did not go... They didn't use it to influence the Haunted Mansion. Like, we don't have Eddie Murphy running around the Haunted Mansion attraction. Okay. Hey, Shrek, look at me. I'm in the Haunted Mansion. So so you can't hate on it for that. Different franchise, my bad. And and while people said, well, I guess I would have liked it if it was just, like, maybe just not associated with the Haunted Mansion. I like the connections that they made to it. I like Leota in that movie. Um, I like the singing bust. I like the hitchhiking ghosts that we get to see. Um, there's a, there's a lot of th- I like the backstory for Master Gracie. So anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. The part that I always remember is when, <laughs> when he's looking, he's trying to get information. Eddie Murphy's trying to get information from the singing heads. He's asking them about the key, and they hey, just heads. and they just keep singing back to him. Where's the key? Where's the key? Where's the beautiful key? That part <laughs> cracks me up every time. I love it, especially when they're walking over, <laughs> walking away. His daughter's like, "Look, Dad, there it is," and they're like, "Dad, there it is." <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. I'm a fan. So good job, well, uh, Dapper Dan. I, I can't add anything to Haunted Mansion, the podcast. Uh, by the way, I think this is the most anybody's ever talked about Haunted Mansion, the movie, on a podcast. So congratulations. <laughs> the only other media appearance I can think of, it was in season three of Modern Family uh, in the episode where everybody goes to Disneyland where uh, Dylan ends up being one of the Dapper Dans. That was a big reveal. But, of course, Modern Family goes to Disney because it, of course, is owned by ABC. There you go. Yeah. Cross Uh, Synergy. Promotion, everybody. I got to tell you, I love their aesthetic. I like the pastel pinstripe suits. They look good. Yes, they're sharp. They're sharp looking. Uh, I think if it were me, I might go. They they look dapper. Absolutely. I might go with the yellow. I don't know. There's something about that yellow that pops to me. Um I, I maybe the green, but I also could just be picking my kids' favorite colors and trying to get fa- gain favor, <laughs> gain favor with them. But um, but I don't know. I think they look. I'm gonna good. go light blue. Okay. Like, yeah. Like I I look great in a light blue, mm-hmm. uh, ladies. What's up? <laughs> but but I, I I do feel like that would be my color. Okay. Very good. Um, and light blue seems like a tenor one color, in my opinion. Yeah, the, uh, I, I thought so too for some reason. You know, very light <laughs> and beautiful and glorious. <laughs> Um, if you happen to catch this uh, wonderful quartet singing on the streets of Disney, you might hear them singing such tunes as Cruella DeVille, Yankee Doodle Dandy, Somebody Stole My Gal, Mr. Sandman, If You're Happy and You Know It, and of course, Zippity Doodah. Um, and if you pay them extra, they will sing Enter Sandman. <laughs> no, I would love really. to hear that. I would love to hear it. Um, this was one of the things I found. I think I found this on the Wikipedia, and it was something that I wanted to call out because I, it was a surprise to me. Um, this is another unique part of the Dapper Dan's lore. They use something called Deegan organ chimes as part of the act. So each of the eight chimes has three octaves of a single note comprising a C scale. The organ chimes were made by the J.C. Deegan Company in Chicago, Illinois, around 1901. So I found that to be pretty interesting because... I, I mean, it's it's something that takes you back, right? They're supposed to be like a turn-of-the-century kind of barbershop quartet. Here they have an authentic instrument from that time frame. That's really cool. And, like, especially even just using, um, 
using the uh, the the note instrument. I I know I'm really showing my uh, choir kid colors here because I completely blanked on the name of it. Uh, but I mean, the fact that they even use a an instrument where they said it's like, all right, this is C, this is E, this is F. This clearly isn't what I was talking about. But 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 I mean, I think it's cool that they use that. Absolutely, yeah. I so I you know the Dapper Dan's. I almost feel like. If you've if you've been to Magic Kingdom and you have not encountered the Dapper Dan's, I really do feel like you're missing out of part of what the experience, especially of Main Street, is supposed to be about. I would I would tell you you ought to make some effort to try to to experience at least a little bit. You know you don't have to you don't have to hang out there for thirty minutes at a time. Catch a couple songs and then you know go on down the line. Well, yeah, and 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 the beautiful part is you can hang out there for a little while and watch them sing. But they also do have a Schwinn custom four seater oh, yeah, bicycle, right. so they might come and find you. That's that's the beautiful part. So, like Jay, I actually have some personal experiences okay. with the Dapper Dans. But before I get to that, do you have any Dapper Dan experience? Uh, aside from like I, you know, I've seen them several times. Um, I've I've seen them perform on the trolley i've seen them on main street i can't tell you because it kind of blurs like between visits um so i can't tell you anything specific of of like uh, an experience i had i just it's almost one of those things where i i can't tell you the first time i saw them i just know that i've seen them and i enjoy them and they brighten my day every time i run into them so i i'll get right to tell us all about your personal dapper dan experience lena all right well before i get to mine uh I'm going to use a story from a podcast that I listen to, and this is something that I don't think a lot of people realize the Dapper Dans do. Not only do they sing, they're also kind of eyes and a soft security for Disney and all of their parks, mm. because on one of my podcasts that I listen to, uh, it's called Laser Time, lasertimepodcast.com. Be sure to like, follow, subscribe, whatever. I'm not going to plug other people's <laughs> podcasts in somebody else's podcast. But uh, one of the hosts is talking about how he and his girlfriend are going to uh, Disneyland and they are having a, we'll just call it a somewhat boisterous uh, discussion where they are getting into a fight. And to uh, stop this from escalating, Dapper Dan's come out of nowhere. Hey, everybody, is everybody having a magical time? Oh, wow, look at y'all. Y'all are, y'all are talking. This seems fun. So the Dapper Dan's are kind of like soft security oh, for wow. Disney. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, but my personal experience, the last time I was at Disney, I went with my mom, my sweet mother, all four foot eleven of her, and my cousin Logan. We're, uh, we're at the Magic Kingdom. We're watching Wishes. Of course, I'm sobbing like a child because Wishes hits you right in the feels. It was beautiful. Uh, and, and, and it ends. So we're on our way out. It's like, oh, man, we got to leave Disney. And my mom is walking all four foot nine of her. <laughs> uh, she miss, uh, She's walking along Main Street, and she goes to step up on a curb but she misses it so she wipes out just oh. splat all four foot seven of my of my mom she's she's great but she's laid out on main street like and it looked bad it looked like she took a really bad fall so there she is all four foot five of her just laid out like like just dead it's like oh god she's not moving and Disney cast members come swooping out of the shadows, out of nowhere. There's like some lady that looked like she was working in Frontierlands, like, ma'am, are you okay? But then 
two dapper dans come and pick her up. Wow. Like like uh, one under each arm. Ma'am, are you okay? Like making sure that all all four foot five inches of my mom. <laughs> She's gradually shrinking as we go. Yeah, on. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> th- 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 that's another part of the Disney uh, magic. You shrink when you get hurt. But yeah, like the dapper dans came out of the shadows and made sure that my mom was okay when she face planted. Wow. Like just bit it right on Main Street. That's what it's about, man. So not only are they talent, they're talented uh, musicians. They care. Yeah, and and I don't mean when when I say that's what it's all about. all four foot three of her. <laughs> when I say that's what it's about, I don't mean your mom face planting on Main Street, but the fact that you've got you've got <laughs> I mean, it can be two things. Let's these, be honest. you know, the, all four foot one of her. <laughs> these dapper dans, you know, they've got this specific job. They're out there to be singing, entertaining the masses. But when something happens, they react, and I think that's what it is. That's what it means to be a Disney cast member. You know, you're you're there to Absolutely. you're there to care and take care of the guest, and that's what they that's what they do. They spring into action and they they resolve situations. So that's awesome. Absolutely, and it's like I I know I singled out the Dapper Dans and the one person from from Tearland, but it's like seriously, they came like there were multiple people that just literally appeared out of nowhere to make sure that my mom was okay, and they they gave her like a bag of ice and aspirin and water, which I mean you know how expensive bottled water is mm-hmm. at Disney. So I mean like I'm sure somebody lost their job for that, <laughs> like giving up uh, uh, something worth twenty five dollars. <laughs> Well, they saw, you know, your mom in pain, all three foot two of her, and they just exactly. really decided. Whoa, 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 that's still too tall. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, that's awesome. That's a really all good All 17 story. inches of her. <laughs> <laughs> My mom's Thump Molina. That's what I'm trying I to I was going to say your mom's Jiminy Cricket, but we were on the same <laughs> same wavelength there. Um, no, my mom's not a dude, <laughs> nor a cricket. She's a mythical, magical elf. Yeah. Well, that's an awesome story. So shout out to the Dapper Dans there for being more than just a barbershop quartet. Seriously, yeah. Shout out to y'all, and shout out to Disney's cast members. They're right. on top of it. Well, if you would like to see the Dapper Dans perform, they perform nine sets a day, seven days a week, and you can also see them at five p.m. They actually join the Main Street Philharmonic and um, and the Kingdom, the Magic Kingdom Security Color Guard during the flag retreat ceremony. So that's another opportunity for you to catch them. And I really recommend that you do. You might be saying to me right now, Justin, the Dapper Dan, and I don't know why you talk to me like that. We, come on. Really? You're listening to a podcast. You have to realize at this point, it's not, a, it's not the type of format where you can talk back and forth. I can't hear you. I mean, if you want me to hear you, you know how to reach me. But you might be saying, And also, throw all your money at the radio and then <laughs> pick it up and put it in an envelope and send it to us. <laughs> Justin, the Dapper Dance aren't really an attraction. I would argue that they are. They absolutely are part of the experience of the Magic Kingdom and the Walt Disney World Resort. And I, this is another one of those things that I hope that Disney never, never looks at it and says, you know what, all we're doing is losing money, putting four, 12, let's say 12 guys out um, in pinstripe suits walking up and down the street entertaining people. What, what are we really gaining from that? At the end of the day, it's part of the experience. And it's part of what the Magic Kingdom is supposed to be about. So, so I I love that kind of thing, and I hope that it never changes. And I'm going to echo everything you said, also because I don't want the Dapper Dance to come out of the shadows and kill me, <laughs> because apparently they have that ability. They're but no, like in all seriousness, right what, like like you talk about how you hope they don't 
get eliminated from Disney. I don't think they're in danger of it because they're just 12, maybe 20 really talented musicians wearing particular costumes that walk around riding a bicycle. You don't have to worry about upkeep of that. Like, I mean, short of replacing a bicycle chain or something. Like, like, and, and that's one of those things that you can just appreciate because guess what? This is somebody that you're listening to that has a God-given gift of being able to sing to the point where di- where the Disney Corporation is like, yeah, we're cool with you representing yeah. us. So if you ever get the chance to listen to the Dapper Dans, do it. Because also, if you don't, they'll remember it when your mom, all two foot nine <laughs> of her face plans on Main Street and they won't help her up. Yeah, I think they would anyway. But Yeah, they probably would because, I mean, it's Disney. They're cool like that. Yeah. All right, Landon, I think that's going to wrap it up for Dapper Dan Talk today and Haunted Mansion Talk. So, or, <laughs> Wait, no, 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 no. We, we are doing a full-blown Haunted Mansion Talk. I demand it. Otherwise, I'm going to hijack this monorail. Okay, I, I meant to say Haunted Mansion Movie Talk. And Oh, uh, okay, yeah, that I'm fine with. We'll never bring it up again. Oh, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but if you're not done with Landon, you can find him in a couple of places. One is on Twitter. I mentioned at L-A-N-D-O-Z on Twitter. Follow him. L-A-N-D-O-Z-D-O-A-N-E, Landon Dome. <laughs> oh, my God. It's awesome. Landon Dome. Good job. Uh, the other place you can find him is on his website, buttmunchchips.com. You can find all of the content produced by your very own The Dawes, Landon Dome. And... You'll, you know what you're going to find? I'll tell you what you're going to find. A couple of different podcasts. One is Near Fall Radio, which is a wrestling podcast, where if you enjoy the sweet science of professional wrestling, did I say it right? You did, with okay. the apostrophe and everything. I heard it, buddy. Good, Good. job. Good. Then then you might be interested in listening to that, and maybe there there might be a new one coming out because of a recent pay-per-view, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. WWE, the ball's in your court. And the other one that you might want to listen to is Got Talk, which is a Game of Thrones podcast, if you're into the award-winning HBO series Game of Thrones. So there's a lot of Landon out there, but you know what? There's plenty of him to go around. So Landon... Thank you for spending a little time right here with me on the monorail. Glad to do it on the uh, Monday morning monorail, but this is my stop because I have to go pick up all one foot, seven inches of my mom off the ground. So thanks, guys. I'm sending the dapper dance. Welcome back to the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's M34D. We were talking about the Dapper Dans today. When you heard Landon and I recording this, Sam, you said you had a Dapper Dan story that you wanted to share. So go ahead. The floor is yours. So um, McKenna and I were in the Magic Kingdom, and we had been there all day, and we were so tired. And we went to the... The quick service that has the... I think it's Casey's Corner is where you went, where the, the hot dogs are. Hot dogs and Cracker Jacks and stuff. The baseball-themed one. Yeah, and we sat on the little bleachers in there, and we ate. And when we came out, they were out there uh, singing. And so, you know, we decided we'd stand and watch for just a little bit. And I know we probably looked like we were pretty tired. <laughs> um, but, you know, they finished up their song, and, and uh, we... 
stuck around because they were going to sing another one and some people were walking away but they came over to us and it was like they were serenading us and they were uh singing to us and like kind of dancing with mckenna and stuff it was really sweet and i didn't even know who i thought they were just random guys (laughs) dressed up and going around the park singing i didn't know they were part of disney (laughs) but (laughs) but it was a lot of fun it was really cute and I don't know. They just kind of, it. they made her face light up, you know. She was just having a blast. It was, it was, it was nice to have, you know, them come up to us and yeah. try to make our day better. Yeah, it's it's an individual kind of an experience. Yeah. You know, something that you feel like it was just for you, a moment just for you. Yeah. Just like the story you told about the fairy godmother. Right. Yeah. That happens a lot at Disney. Like, they, it seems like they do that to a lot of people. They'll... They'll try to give you, like, some kind of special attention at some point. Yeah. Trying to make it magical. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I went, I felt like a lot of things were for for just me. Yeah. And it felt really good. Do you have an example of one that you can think of? Not really, but the staff, (laughs) kind of the staff. The cast members. Not just them. Like, people working there. Yeah, everyone, everyone that works at Walt Disney World is a cast member. Oh. That's what they call them. Well, they were still really nice. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's their job. Yeah, they definitely know how to make things feel a little more special. And so, I don't know. It's fun to remember those experiences, Well, that's what too. makes the memories, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could stand there and listen to a, a barbershop quartet sing a song, and that's a nice thing to see. But when they actually make you part of it, that's what makes it memorable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And, um, I never knew they were called the Dapper Dans until I heard you and Landon. But then it makes sense, right? They're snappy dressers. I mean, it does make sense. I think that there's probably a lot of people out there who have these kinds of stories about interacting with the Dapper Dans. And if you have a story that you'd like to share, please do so. You can call our voicemail and tell us about it. Or you can tweet us at Morning Monorail and tell us about your experience with the Dapper Dans. I'd love to hear them because I, I, don't, I don't have a personal story about the Dapper Dans, but... You know, Landon's story and your story are kind of making me jealous. I feel like I've been, <laughs> I've been neglected by the Dapper Dan. Oh, uh, I'm sure not. I'm not, I'm not a pretty lady. <laughs> um, that's okay. Landon's not a pretty lady. No, it was, but it was his mom. They saved oh. his mom, right? Oh. So, uh, so anyway. All right. Now it is time for the much anticipated part two of our Walt Disney World planning series. Woo! Vaca- vacation planning series. Today, I'm going to make it a two-parter. We're going to talk about determining how long you want to stay when you go visit Walt Disney World and then what time of year you should visit. I'm going to try to make this as interactive as possible, make it uh, open conversation with you guys because this is where you've got to start thinking about your plans with the budget you had for your Walt Disney World trip so that, you know, I'm not going to lock you into it today. And I know McKenna, McKenna's not with us for this part, so she'll have to catch up. But you've got to consider how long you're going to want to stay and how, and when, what time of year you're going to want to visit because it's going to affect your budget. Okay? Mm-hmm. okay? All right. So let's start with determining how long you want to stay. There's a lot of things to consider when you think about traveling to the Walt Disney World Resort. And I think, too, you have to think about the perspective of the traveler. Uh, one of them could be a person who's visiting for the first time and maybe... That being the case, they want to experience as much of the resort as possible. Or it could be someone who comes a lot more frequently, and so their trips are shorter, and they're not planning on getting 
you know, trying to cram in all four parks and, and all that. So those are a couple considerations, but I think kind of from a broad perspective, we're going to, we're going to approach this as if you're someone who's coming to the park for the first time and you do want to try to experience everything. So you got to consider, like I said, there's four parks, Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, and Animal Kingdom, Mm -hmm. the two water parks, Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon, Disney Springs, the Boardwalk, the ESPN Wide World of Sports, and then you've got things like swimming at the, not only at the pools, but at the water parks, golf, boating, fishing, camping, and the spas, of course, Um, and then all the restaurants. So I think what you have to do is, is really do your research and dig into all of the options that Disney provides for the vacation traveler. And what are the things that you know you you have to do? Like, what are the must-dos of your trip? And you could start as micro as, well, I know I really want to do this attraction. Like, if you say, well, when I go to Walt Disney World, the thing that I have to do is Space Mountain. Okay, well, then you know you have to go to Magic Kingdom, yeah. right? So you've got to put that on the list. Or is it a certain restaurant? Is it, you know, a certain experience that you want to have? So, so you can start that way. But if you say to yourself, okay... I know I want to at least go to all four parks, maybe squeeze in a water park. You know, what's what's the right length of time? What's the right length of time to do that and not wear myself out? And I can tell you from our trip that even staying six nights like we did, we felt like we didn't have enough time to do everything that we wanted to do for our, our kids' first trip to Walt yeah. Disney World. Um, apparently, according to buildabettermousetrip.com, the most common trip length is four to five days. That's shocking to me. That's too short. That is short. Um, maybe that's just because there's that many more, like, people who are visiting more, you know, more frequently. Well, it's so expensive, too. Every day you're adding on a pretty high amount of money. Yeah. And it's not just, you know, you don't have to just consider the, the hotel charges, but food, too. Because right. if you're if you're eating in the resort... That's a significant cost. And with a family of four, you know. Yeah. It's a lot of money. And then park tickets, of course, as well. So every day does add quite a bit to the um, to the cost of the trip. But, um, but the advantage of a longer trip is that you do get to slow down. You get to have maybe a break day or two where you get to relax by the pool, maybe go over to Disney Springs, maybe sleep in, not get up at five in the morning oh to try gosh. to get, go no line kidding. up at the parks. Uh, considering when you're in the parks, you're probably staying until 10, 11 at night, not going to bed till midnight. So, you know, you've got to recharge the batteries because you will wear yourself out. I know when we had Kevin on last week, we were talking about how going to Disney is not a vacation for a lot of people. You got work to do, right? You're going to get in there. You've got all these objectives. Never go to Disney with Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) So, so it's something to think about. Um, I really think that in order to make the most of your trip, I think you have to consider at least six nights. I think that's the minimum if you're going to try to do all the parks. Yeah. At least six nights. Yeah. Probably seven, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a good start because I think Magic Kingdom, you need two days. You do. You need. I think you need two days for Magic Kingdom and for Epcot. Yeah. Um yeah, Magic Kingdom and Epcot both. But I think you can do Animal Kingdom in a day and um, Hollywood Studios in a day. For now. But when Star <laughs> Wars starts, yeah, you're going to have to have two days. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's going to be difficult. Like, because for me, 
I don't ever want to do the trip that we did the first time ever again because you were making us wake up at five in the morning and we weren't going to sleep until one in the morning mm -hmm. and we were tired. We were getting four to five hours sleep a night. I know. I wore yeah. you all out. It was like boot camp. I, I, <laughs> I think that I started to be like sick. Um, like yeah, my it takes body a toll on you physically sick. for sure. And yeah. you're out in the hot, you're out in the heat every day. Yeah. Not only are you... Yeah, getting so many steps, but you're sweating to death. You're losing fluids. You got to make sure you hydrate. Yeah. So, I, and we're talking. We went in late October. Yeah. And if you if you have a priority of doing everything, then I think you're going to have to expect to do a longer trip, or you're just going to have to accept that you can't do everything if you can't afford a longer trip. Right. So if you know going into it, like we said, set that budget because what you got to start doing is you look at it and you say, okay, well, can I afford to stay six, seven nights? If not, I've got to start trimming back days. If you can only stay three or four nights, I do not recommend trying to do every park. No, no, not at pick all. two. Yeah. Pick two, maybe three. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but that would be like animal kingdom. <laughs> I also would tell you, I don't think you should park hop. Yeah. I, I think that mm -hmm. I think the park hop would only be good if you were able to do, um, like if, say you did seven days, mm -hmm. you got two days for Epcot, two days for, um, Magic Kingdom, and then, um, a day for like Animal Kingdom and a day for like, uh, the Hollywood studios, then you could use the last day that you have maybe to do a park hop just to hit things that you wanted to do yeah. that you didn't get to, but also doing your, well, I can't, don't have time to do this. So I prefer to do this kind of thing, you know? yeah. mm -hmm. but yeah, we were talking about magic kingdom kind of being a two day park. I think there's a couple of ways to approach it. I know when we, the day, our final day in the parks, the last time we went, we actually split it between magic kingdom and Epcot and that day, I didn't have any fast passes planned. I didn't have any agenda. It was just, let's go in, let's do some things we want to do, and then we'll go to Epcot. We started in Tomorrowland, and like that was the first place we went for the day. At this time, again, people were rope-dropping um, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Yeah. So so Tomorrowland was actually pretty empty yeah. um, in the morning. And we, we hung out over there for a couple hours, and it was calm. We ran into Stitch. Yeah, we got to do um, a lot of stuff. That's when we did the Laugh Factory, right? Yeah, we did the Monster that Inc. Laugh, fo laugh Floor. Yeah. And I got on the Oh, the yeah, you were, you were on the screen. That's right. <laughs> they interviewed me or made fun of me. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> it was pretty fun. I... Um, I keep thinking Tomorrowland is in Epcot, even though it well, isn't. Yeah, they have the they have, they call their where Spaceship Earth is. It's called Future World. Yeah. Mm. So I like confused. I like um. I, I like Space Mountain a lot. Yeah. It's really cool. It is pretty cool. But I do kind of recommend a two-day Magic Kingdom schedule, mm -hmm. splitting the park kind of in half. Yeah. And maybe doing. Tomorrowland, actually, you could do Tomorrowland and Adventureland and try to squeeze in things like maybe Pirates in that day because the next day you're going to have things like um, the Haunted Mansion, the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, um, Big Thunder Mountain, that Splash Mountain. Peter Pan is Tr over there, yeah. right? Fantasyland. That's that's the thing. It's it's hard to split it in half like north and south. I, almost, I, I just recommend going to a land experiencing that land, not worrying too much about, I mean, you've got to, you, you do have to utilize the fast passes because it's going to help you through your day. Right. But, but you got to think about it from, well, I don't want to 
get a fast pass at Splash Mountain and then a fast pass at, at uh, Space Mountain back to back because you're going to be going across the park. I would do it. I, I really do think you got to think about it in terms of how are you going to tour the park? Right. Like what direction are you going to go? What place are you going to be in? And then and then kind of plan, plan your fast passes that way. Epcot is a, is a little easier because you could split it up and do Future World one day and then do World Showcase the next day. Yeah. Which I think makes a lot of sense. And especially while they're plussing up France, you're going to have the Ratatouille ride. Um, you've got Frozen Ever After. Mm-hmm. You've got a lot of things to do in World Showcase, even more so than you used to with the shops and restaurants. And you still have the three Caballeros ride in, in Mexico. You've got some of the videos to watch. So there's, I mean, there's definitely a full day of right. World Showcase. So I, I think it makes a lot of sense to split it up that way. Yeah. And I think staying in Epcot is... Um, for the whole day is smart because then you get to have different food all day. Yeah. The other thing too is when when you split up your days and you're making sure that you do have enough time to, to get to everything that's important, you can build break time in the middle of the day as well. Yeah. So if you want to leave the park, you want to go ha- maybe have lunch back at the hotel, maybe get some rest, maybe do a swim. You can do that, but that's that's another piece of, that's why I don't think if you're if you've got a shorter trip, you should worry about park hopping. Because then you're trying to cram so much into that day. You're just, it's, you're setting yourself up for the, the old Disney breakdown. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And don't do that to your family. Right, Garrett? <laughs> traveling between parks takes a long time too. It does. It depends on where you're staying. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a factor. I mean, that's something that you have to consider. If you want to go, if you know you're going to spend a ton of time at Magic Kingdom, you probably want to stay at a monorail resort. Yeah. Even though those are all the deluxes. But it's expensive, right? It's expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but if you're staying at Epcot, there's a nice option. Or you, you know you're going to spend a lot of time at Epcot. There's a nice option of um, the Swan and Dolphin, which are still nice hotels, but they're a little more moderately priced. And you get the boats that take you to Epcot and Hollywood Studios, which is nice. And, you know, um, so I can tell you a mistake I made being someone who didn't really understand how Disney World worked. Um, my very first trip with McKenna, uh, I think we went for three days. That's all really I could afford. And, um, I bought park hoppers for all three days cause I thought I didn't realize what it was. And I didn't even really understand that Epcot wasn't magic kingdom. Mm. And I know that sounds crazy, but, no, but I mean, it's true. I mean, if you don't know, you're just thinking Walt Disney World and you think it's all one big thing. Right. And so whenever I bought Park Hopper, I didn't realize that first off, it was difficult because I wasn't staying on a Disney property mm-hmm. to get to the other parks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't even know how to get to the other parks. Um, I didn't understand, like, the parks weren't connected. Mm-hmm. I, I, It's just, it's crazy because... Um, if you don't understand how Disney works, you really don't understand any of that stuff. Right. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, and I kind of made mistakes on that because I didn't know what, I, I really didn't know what was going on at all. Like, yeah. I just had no clue. Yeah, and that's what we're trying to help with because I think hopefully people that are listening to this, we're trying to help them plan much better than, than you did when you took McKenna, than I did when I took you guys back. And really avoid the mistakes that we've made in the past. Yeah. I saw a tweet yesterday. So one of the things that's happened over the weekend, of course, is Toy Story Land opened. Right. And just like when Pandora opened, 
it is so popular right now that first of all they're opening the park early they're keeping it open late trying just trying to make sure everybody can experience the new toy story land and the attractions but there is like a two three four hour wait just to get into toy story land not to get in the rides so imagine you're a person who hasn't done the research right you're seeing these advertisements of come come see toy story land and that's what you go to right now you go to the waltdisneyworld.com and that's going to be in your face toy story land's open come on down Right. But it's not really because you're not going to be able to get in there if you don't plan appropriately. Right. There are people that are lining up at 4 a.m. to get into Toy Story Land right now. It's crazy. So imagine you're a person who just showed up thinking that you're just going to walk right in there. And see, I would have, but I would have shown up thinking that. But once I saw a wait, I would have not cared to walk away because I wouldn't understand what really it would have been anyway yeah. so i wouldn't i would have been like eh, oh who cares yeah. and walk away and then i would have not planned for it and missed something that looks really cool yeah yeah it looks amazing yeah we've been watching some videos i like the idea of not spoiling the surprise and being able to walk in there and see it for the first time but i'm too anxious i get too excited <laughs> about this stuff and i've been watching videos i will say if you guys want to see some really good videos of toy story land one of the best ones we've watched was by the tim tracker yeah go on youtube uh, look up the tim tracker it's a guy who kind of looks like me yeah and- <laughs> he's a hipster <laughs> <laughs> and um and he did a really good job because he got to go to media days so lucky him He's doing something you'll never see again. He was riding Slinky Dog and the Alien Swirling Saucers with nobody on it. That's so cool. Uh, multiple lucky. times. Lucky, yeah. lucky. But it's a really good video. But anyway, that was just a side note. Side note. Then. Basically, what here's, here's a tip that I would give you. Even if you don't know when you're going yet to Walt Disney World, download the My Disney Experience app right now. And what you should start doing is maybe once, twice a day, open it up and look at wait times in the yeah. parks. And start thinking about, oh... Wow, so there's like a 90-minute wait for Rock and Roller Coaster in the middle of the day. That's something you should think about. Yeah, I think you know. I need to load the app. I haven't done that yet. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good... I've been looking at it because not only have I been checking wait times, and the highest it's gone on Slinky Dog, by the way, is 270 minutes. But um, but the people in the park, like the, the cast members have been holding signs that say, wait from this point 300 minutes. Like, it's more than that. And... I just can't imagine. I said this on Twitter, and I stand by it. If you see a cast member holding a sign that says, wait from this point 300 minutes, and you knowingly join that line, that's irresponsible. Yeah. That's a waste of a day. Yeah. Yeah. You're being irresponsible with your time. And if you've got kids with you, seriously, you're going to make kids stand in a line like that? It's just miserable. It's kind of child abuse. Yeah, <laughs> child abuse. Guess what, guys? We're going to Disney World, and we're going to stand in a 300-minute line. That would be awful. We would not. No. No. If anyway. I was, like, a um, little, like, seven-year-old going for my first time to Disney, and then I had to wait in a 300-minute line, I would cry. Of course. Yes. I would cry. I would cry, too. <laughs> We'd as, all be crying. As, a, as an adult woman. I'd be all cried out by the time we got to Toy Story Land. Right. <laughs> and then it wouldn't be worth it. And I think that the way we're planning our trip right now, we're planning it smart. Um, I even- think so. But I will tell you this. The thought has crossed my mind that I want to keep watching how the crowds do every day in Hollywood Studios. Because if it's still as crazy as it is right now, when before we go down there, yeah. I may call an audible and we may do Epcot. 
that day. I'm fine with that. Uh, I mean, as bad as I want to do Toy Story Land, I'm thinking it can wait till Star Wars Land opens. Because yeah. at least we'd be able to get in there. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I mean, it's kind of what everyone, we've done with Pandora. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars Land would be like a lightning rod for everyone. Yeah. I'd love to get in there and be able to come back on the podcast and tell everybody about Toy Story Land. That's what I hope that we can do. But if it's insane, I mean, how good is your experience anyway if you're going in there at max capacity and it's like shoulder to shoulder and... Yeah, it, it wouldn't be fun. And that's the thing. Whenever... Sometimes it's not the park or the cast members. It's the visitors oh, yeah, who can visitors. ruin You're right. your trip. You're absolutely right. Um, I mean, the they've guests. tried to take me down sometimes, yeah. <laughs> literally, with a stroller. That's <laughs> so, right. I mean... Well, I think this ties nicely into our next planning topic, which is determining what time of year to visit. Because... There are several factors, one of them being crowd levels, yeah. that you need to consider when you're trying to pick a time of year to go. So let's start talking about this. I broke it down into one, two, three, four, five. Five different considerations that you really need to think about when you're trying to pick what time of year you want to go. First is weather. Yeah. Right? Two is crowd levels. Three is the price seasonality, because one of the things people may not know if they are new to Disney or haven't ever planned a trip before is... At the times where demand is the highest, Disney's going to charge you more. Right. And then events that are on the calendar. And then your availability, really. Because right. you have to you have to factor that in. If you've got kids, that means you have to go when the kids are off school. Right. So, That's true. So that kind of limits you a little bit. Let's talk about the first piece. Okay. Weather. This has got to be a huge consideration because it's just like crowd levels. It's going to have a huge impact to your experience of the parks. Mm-hmm. June, July, August, and September, and we're going right in the middle of that, are the, <laughs> are the hottest with an average high in the mid-90s. And they usually have like a flash storm. Right. Um, add humidity to that, and you are going to be feeling absolutely smothered. I mean, you got to think about these parks, even Animal Kingdom. It's a lot of concrete. It it's is. A, it's a lot of metal. And they they get so hot. And then that storm, like you mentioned, every day there's a 3 o'clock thunderstorm that comes through. You will get drenched if you're not inside when it happens. And then it's going to be a sauna the yeah. rest of the day. Yeah, just enough to make it steamy. Yeah, so you got to think about that. Now, you can deal with it. And luckily, the parks have done a pretty good job of some, especially newer attractions, but some of the older ones as well have indoor queues. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of shade. I will say Toy Story Land, no shade. That's crazy. There's like nothing in there. So it's kind of like people talk about Cars Land being really miserable in California because there's no shade. Toy Story Land's going to be like that too. That's kind of a bummer. Yeah. The coolest months are December to March. The average highs are in the 70s. It does get chilly at night. And even though some of the Disney pools are heated, I don't know if all of them are, but you you may not really feel like swimming right. um, in the middle of winter. The other thing to factor in is June through October is hurricane season, but hurricanes don't typically impact Orlando per se, aside from maybe rain and wind. I mean, they, they make it inland sometimes, but not enough like you're in the eye of a hurricane. Right. It's just a little side storms. Yeah. So, so those are all factors to consider. I personally, um, so like I said, we went in October, the days, there were days that were hot Yeah. in October. It was pretty warm. Um, but nights... Got kind of cool. It did. And it actually was kind of fun swimming at night um, because when we went to the pool, it was heated. When we got out, it was a little cold, but we were fine once we put a towel yeah. on. Yeah, the Cars pool was really cool. Yeah. I like the 
cones around mm-hmm. it. Yeah. It, it made it look like the cozy cone motel. Yeah, and it was it was very comfortable. This was at the Art of Animation where we stayed. That in. was a yeah. really cool pool. It was really it nice. Was, it was like the the air mixed with the heat of the water. Yeah. It was very comfortable. The way I understand it, too, is they keep at least one of the water parks open throughout the year. They'll shut the other one down and keep the other one open, and then okay. they flip-flop it. So all year long, the water parks stay open, but again... Do you want to go in the middle of winter? It's, right. it's it's up to you. I mean, there could be days where it's really, really nice and you do. So that's just another thing to consider, especially if, if you're really into, you know that you want to swim, you want that to be part of your vacation, then you're going to want to go at a warmer time. Yeah. And I think um, like if you have kids making that a priority, like that's been a big deal to Garrett. Mm-hmm. I think he's been wanting to have time to swim at our hotel yep. and I don't blame him you know it is kind of relaxing I think you consider swimming part of vacation at least I do I th- when I think mm-hmm. about vacation I think about swimming yeah, it I makes do. Disney not feel like a job like you and Kevin do <laughs> it, is a, it is a job okay let's talk about crowd levels so Disney believe it or not Disney really did used to have dead periods so I have this story of this was post 9-11 that's one thing to consider where people had stopped traveling quite as much for a little while yeah but it was after labor day in september me and a buddy had some old tickets that had days left on them and we ended up going to the parks this is crazy to tell you but this is a true story we did magic kingdom epcot and hollywood studios in one day we rode everything we wanted to and we did not have to wait for anything it what was, time of year it was, was that? It was, like Crazy. I said, it was right after Labor Day. Oh, right after Labor Day. Sorry, I missed that. Yeah, it was like September so, right after Labor Day. There was nobody there. That's weird that there aren't people there in September. It's insane. Well, as I found out, as you do the research, this is it's annually a pretty lowly attended time of year is like right after Labor Day because school's back in. So how is July? Well, look, I'm going to get to it. So, but <laughs> Since we're one of the going. things one of the things that Disney has tried to do is they've tried to address their dead periods by having events like the International Food and Wine Festival, oh, yes. like Marathon Weekend, yeah, like um, the Flower and Garden Festival, all this kind of stuff, and it brings people to the parks when they typically wouldn't go. Right. So that's smart. Yeah. So um, I recommend a couple of things. One of the things you should do is is go to undercovertourist.com and also touringplans.com. They both have crowd calendars that you can use. You can look at the year, look at the times that you think about going. And they'll. I know that touringplans.com uses like a system um, of 1 to 10 for uh, crowd levels in the parks. 10 being the highest I bet crowd Christmas levels. time is always high. Yeah. So some here are the busiest times of year. Uh, first week of January uh, for New Year's yeah. is, is very busy. The last week of March through the first week of April, April or spring right around break. Easter, spring break. The first week of July for Independence Day. Okay. The first week of October around Columbus Day. And then the last week and a half or so of December for Christmas. Columbus Day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, is that it's a big typically deal? A, typically a big holiday. Huh. From Memorial Day through the first week of August, crowds are going to stay medium to high because that's summer. Kids are out of school. Right. Um, so... And, and, and those, I mean, that's, those are really the factors. It's special events and it's, it's kids are out of school. The lowest attended months of the year or, or times of the year tend to occur the second half of January, um, the first weeks of February and March. Okay. The first three weeks of May, the second week of September after Labor Day, and then the first week or two of December. 
those are slower times. You have to think about it. Kids are in school and right. people are saving up vacation time for the holidays. Right. So those are times that you should really, if you're, if your priority is going at low crowd times, that's when you need to go. I was just thinking it would, I don't know why I figured it would be a low time, but also a really fun time to go during like Valentine's day weekend mm-hmm. or week. Like I bet they decorate for that, you know, and I'm not when to celebrate valentine's day much but i still think it would be fun to go to disney during it'd be that pretty time. neat to go like the second week of february the other thing that you should consider is disney always tries to plan their refurbishment schedule around low oh. the low park <laughs> attended times of course so so if you do plan to go during those times you might just have to think all right well we're gonna go but splash mountain might not be operating when we go or, or something yeah. like that so it's something to factor in but that could be offset by the fact that the park's going to be relatively low in attendance and you're going to be able to do the things you want to do without too much hassle. I so. know it's a really high, busy time to go, but I would love to go for my birthday on New, for Year's, New Year's Eve. It's crazy. I would love it. I think New Year's Eve is the busiest night that Disney has, and I've been there for it, and it is crazy. They typically, like, so if you're staying on property... The way that they typically do it is you you get like guaranteed entry to the park if you're staying on par- on property, but they shut down the parks to attendance around like 10 a.m. because they're at capacity. That's awful. And then it's that way the rest of the day. <sighs> so we were in Magic Kingdom for New Year's Eve, and it was very very cool. They have dance parties all over the place. They hand out like um, New Year's Eve hats, like horns, special hats you can wear, and all kinds of it's it's it is pretty cool. Yeah, I want to go one year. Building on the crowd levels, the other thing that you can think about is the price seasonality. So I want to give another another plug for um, Disney vacation planning. I, I don't know if I've mentioned this very much, but another website you can use is mousesavers.com because they can, uh, if you go to that website, you have access to like uh, price calendars, seasonal price calendars and things like that. So it, it'll show you. Um, you can look at specific resorts oh, nice. and see when their high and low prices are. Uh, the peak prices won't surprise you. They're around New, Year, New Year's, Easter, <laughs> Memorial Day, through most of summer, Columbus Day, <laughs> Thanksgiving, and Christmas. Oh, I bet Thanksgiving would be fun. Yeah. Um, the lowest prices occur middle part of January, except Martin Luther King Day, late August through, through mid-September, and then mid-November. Again, it's all about demand. Yeah. Um, so they just know... There aren't many as many people here, and so the prices for the resorts are less. And this impacts tickets as well because now Disney's doing seasonal park ticket pricing, and so for their peak times, it costs more to go to the parks, not just not just stay in the hotel. Right. So, and that applies to the single day tickets. I believe if you get like a ten day or not even a ten day, let's say a multi day pass, I don't think it's a factor because when when I was pricing out this vacation. I ended up buying a, I thought we were only going to have one park day and I ended up buying single day tickets and it asked me, what park are you going to on what day? And then it gave me the price. Magic Kingdom is the highest price, of course. Right. And then the others are a little lower. So what I feel like I noticed was multi-day passes. It didn't apply to. Oh, okay. Because I guess you're already spending extra money and they're just like, yeah, right. this is the price. Because you get a discount. The, the longer you stay, the longer... Um, the more days you want to spend in the park, if you buy three, four, five-day park hopper, that price keeps going down. Um, single-day prices, like for a single ticket, 
are are the highest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it goes down to the point where I think the lowest price you can get is a 10 day. Um, all right. I also wanted to mention another factor to consider um, when you're picking a time of year, and that is the Walt Disney World events calendar. So from uh-huh. yeah, from topiaries to marathons to music to sports to wine and food and special parties. Plan it at the wine and food time. <laughs> There's a Walt Disney World event that will appeal to all tastes and personalities. Here's a quick rundown of annual events you may want to consider when planning your trip to the Walt Disney World. So the first one is the Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend. That goes January 9th through the 13th. The Epcot International Festival of the Arts. In 2018, this occurred in January. They haven't announced the dates for 2019. I would expect it to be about the same time of year. But it celebrates visual performing and culinary arts. Yeah, they have a lot of little things for kids where they like have painting and stuff like that. So it looks pretty cool. Yeah. In February, the Disney Princess Half Marathon Weekend is February 21st through 24th. In March through May, um, so actually this was February 28th through May 28th of 2018, the Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival is going on. Ah. And of course, there's a lot of things going on there. They've got the concerts, they've got the food, they've got the topiaries, all kinds of cool stuff in, That'd be nice. in Epcot. Yeah. April is the Star Wars Rival Run Half Marathon, April 4th through 7th. August, it's kind of crazy to think about, but Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party starts August 17th. I mean, that's kind of good because it gives people a chance to go before Halloween. Yeah, and it goes until November. It goes to August 31st, so, or October 31st. The last one is October 31st. So that's, I don't know. Are you really in the Halloween spirit August 17th? Uh, yes. I, that's that's pretty early to be dressing up, in my opinion. And then the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival is August 30th through November 12th. So that overlaps with the Not So Scary And party. we can say that that is a really fun festival. It is. Disney Wine and Dine Half Marathon is November 1st through the 4th. I need to go to that one. Then the Very Merry Christmas Party for the Magic Kingdom starts November 8th and goes through December the 21st. Nice. I would definitely run for wine. Yeah. At the same time, <laughs> you're still on the wine. I was on the Christmas party. <laughs> yeah, but you um, skipped it so fast. I was like, wait a second. You can run and get wine? Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> the Epcot International Festival of the Holidays goes November 22nd through December 30th. So that goes concurrently with the not, or not so scary, the Very Merry Christmas Party in the Magic Kingdom. Then, they, of course, they've got holidays at Disney Springs. The dates are still TBD for even this year. So, okay. so a lot of different activities, a lot of different events, a lot of different things to really think about um, as you plan, you know, what time of year to go. If you are interested, I guess it is pretty nice. If, if you want to be part of the Very Merry, Very Merry Christmas Party, but you know you can't go in December because it's a busy time, you can do it in November. Yeah. If you want to do Not So Scary, but you know you can't go in October because kids are in school, maybe you can go first part of August because everybody wants to dress up in August. I don't know. It's weird. I think it's cool. Yeah. I think it's good because it does give people a little more opportunity to get there yeah. and see it. And when we went, they had the not so scary party stuff up and um, all the pumpkins and mm-hmm. stuff. It was pretty oh, yeah. cool. Everything. Well, it was the parks were decorated for Halloween. Yeah, uh, I liked especially it. the Magic Kingdom. Like uh, walking down Main Street, the, it was really cool to see the pumpkin lights and all yeah. the all the fall colors and everything. It was very very cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think the party looks fun. It does. And I really think that's something we should do at some point. Yeah. We, we got to put that on the to-do Maybe list. we'll go in yeah. August one year. <laughs> we should. We could do it. Or maybe that second week of September. 
Yeah. There you that, go. That would be the sweet spot. So let's see. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the dates. We could do like September 14th or the 16th. That'd be perfect. Plan. Should be low crowds. The and we're going. So that's actually like a double whammy because the park's already like it's a limited. You know, they sell a limited number of tickets to go to the parties mm-hmm. because they want lower crowds. That's the, one of the big selling points of coming to the parties. So you know, it's a limited crowd anyway, and it's a low attendance time period. You'd be like the only person in the park. Right. Be perfect. Yeah. So, all things to think about. So, guys, while you're thinking about your ideal Disney trip, you've got to consider how long is it going to be and when are you going to go. And you got to remember it's going to impact your prices for your hotels and your tickets. Do I have to plan for kids or can I say? We were doing family of four. Okay. Yes, that's what we were doing. Ah, uh, uh. Okay. Those are the rules that we're playing by. <laughs> Everyone can see the direction I'm going. <laughs> At this point, I think we'll wrap up the show for today. Any final thoughts, Garrett? Disney is awesome. <laughs> Agreed. Thank you all so much for listening. We will see you next week. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with us today. We hope you enjoyed the journey, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, we want to hear from you. Send us questions, comments, and suggestions on Twitter at Morning Monorail. Our email address is mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. You can also call our voicemail at 407-917-2144. As we approach the station, gather your belongings, and please watch your step as you exit. (laughs) See y'all.